welcome to Three's Company 2, a rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Joss Richard, and this is the podcast where every week I will be joined by a special guest who either loves Three's Company, hates it, or has never even heard of it, and together we'll review an episode of the classic sitcom. Today we're talking about season two, episode 22, Chrissy Come Home, and I can't do this without my special guest. Molly is a director, writer, and producer currently working for The Jennifer Hudson Show. She apologizes for the hordes of birds that surround her apartment as the sound of them is simply inescapable. Hi, Molly. How are you? Hello. I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. I actually don't hear any birds, so... I know. They're actually quite tame right now. It is, like, the morning, and then, like, right around, like, 3 p.m., they get a little loud. Maybe at the end, they'll come by. But it's like I live in an aviary. I'm really excited to chat about Three's Company. So Molly and I have only met once. It was a wonderful encounter. We had a blast, but you mentioned, Molly, that you were a fan of Three's Company. I didn't ask any more questions. I just made a mental note. So I don't even know the extent to which you love Three's Company, but please tell me, tell me what you know, tell me how much you love the show or hate it. I was a Nick at Night fiend growing up. Like I had a little TV in my bedroom starting from like fourth grade. I was obsessed with Nick at Night. And I remember vividly the era that came about when Three's Company was on. Cause it kind of like each summer they'd like re-up their programming where it was like 50 sitcoms of like Andy Griffith and Mary Tyler Moore and Dick Van Dyke. And then it went into the seventies and then the eighties. So I got like a full run of the sitcom spectrum. And I remember the summer of Three's Company and being very delighted by it. I don't think at the time realizing how different it was from everything else I was watching because it was in the 90s and 2000s where there were a lot of shows like this about like young singles but looking back at like the lineup it was like compared to everything was like a family sitcom like Roseanne, The Cosby Show, Dick Van Dyke, Andy Griffith Show and then there was like a very few like select shows that were allowed to be about like young unmarried singles and a lot of times it was like they were in high school and part of a family and the only other examples I can think of were like Mary Tyler Moore or Cheers. And so watching it back now, I was very interested to see if maybe that was why I was so intrigued by it, because it was like a show about young people getting to be young, which wasn't really the programming at the time. Right. Did you notice when you watched it when you were younger that there were so many sexual innuendos? I mean, this episode that we're talking about today doesn't really have any, Mm -hmm. but the show itself is known for being risque. Mm -hmm right over my head I always say like I look back at things I watched when I was young and I'm like I had no idea that that reference was in there and this would probably very much fall in that category I mean I think it's very clear that like Jack is quite a horny person like that even in this episode is still like very prevalent in but I felt very like kitschy and like farcy in a way that I don't feel like it says like it doesn't feel as sexual to me when it's in these episodes because it almost feels like he's playing it up as a bit Right. That's the thing. I feel like with Jack Tripper, he says all of these super horny things, but you don't take it seriously because you're like, oh, he he means well. It doesn't come off as gross. Yes, which is the magic of John Ritter that he could play this character so well because some of these jokes should come off a little bit more like dated and like icky. And you're still just so charmed by him because you can tell he genuinely cares about his other characters and that he also realizes that this like over the top male like ego is very like played up for comedy so it never feels quite as gross as like sometimes you feel like they might see that in other like older sitcoms I feel like his charm shines through so much that you don't really it doesn't bother me as much as I thought it would okay before we get into this episode so you watching Three's Company do you have a blonde roommate that you 
immediately think of when you think of this show? No, but I should. Oh, in terms of like the big three? Yeah. Like, are do you think of Chrissy, Terry, or I mean, if you think of Cindy, then that's, I, that's you're like a diehard fan. That's a diehard fan. I definitely think of Chrissy because I feel like Suzanne Summers is like, you know, the name that came out of the show besides Jack Ritter was already pretty big, I feel like at the time. But it's funny because watching it growing up, I remember sitcoms used to always just like replace characters with like a new actor and not really like talk about it like Aunt Viv on Fresh mm-hmm. Prince or like Becky on Roseanne. And I remember in this show thinking that maybe it was just the same character because they replaced her with like just like another, they're like, let's just fill in the stereotype. Whereas like other shows who replace like big stars, like a Cheers would like go in a fully different direction, like Christy Alley for Shelley Long. And this one was like, let's just find another Suzanne Summers lookalike and try to make the magic work. And it never did. But I think when I was younger, part of me was like, is this the same person? I don't think I realized that they were switching them up because I was young enough to be like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> You're like, wait, she's blonde, so that means she's the same person. Yes, and they're all kind of like gifty. They're basically like, let's just put the exact same character in with a different actress, but call her something different. But it never, I don't think it registered for me when I was like eight or nine. I was like, is this the same woman? No, I get it. We're going to talk about Chrissy Come Home. So let's just start at the top of the episode, and then we'll just share our thoughts. Yeah. The episode starts off with Janet making this disgusting <laughs> egg salad sandwich. <laughs> Very over the top physical Why? comedy. Why? It does not need to happen. Also, I did not know it was egg until Jack says it later. I was like, is it marshmallow fluff? Is it tuna salad? The consistency is odd. There's so much of it. I felt very uncomfortable. Oh, see, I thought there was no other option but egg salad with that consistency. <laughs> it, it was... It was so gross. very gross. And it just felt like this woman needs to know how to make a sandwich. It felt like a very weird thing of being like, we need something fun and slapstick to open the episode, have her make a sandwich. It was so much egg salad, though. It was an ungodly <laughs> amount of egg salad in between those two slices of bread. It was. She's making the sandwich and Jack walks in. Okay, I have to ask you off the top, Molly. What do you think of the chemistry between Jack and and Janet. This is technically a Chrissy episode, but it's a Jack and Janet episode. Yes. I think they have the best chemistry on the show in terms of just like actors in general and also romantic tension. Like I feel like they wanted it to be Jack and Chrissy, but like it's so clear that those two have such like a distinct bond. And that was something I loved about rewatching it was these characters and these actors have such like a cozy like style of acting. Like they're always like touching each other and even like their slapstick of like, there's a moment later she like grabs the hammer and pulls him and it feels so effortless. Like the way that they interact with each other, that chemistry, even though I know there was like things offset that maybe they didn't get along as well. Those two did, I think, but it just was like very clear how closely knit these three were because their physicality to each other was like incredible. They felt so comfortable with each other and like touching and playing and like the slapstick humor works because it never felt like staged or blocked. Right. And it's very clear that John and Joyce, who play Jack and Janet, Mm -hmm. are so good together physically because we're only in season two and the further along you watch the show, it just gets more intense, crazy, slapsticky. And I think this is a little taste of it and probably the writers, directors, actors realized how good they were together. So I feel mm-hmm. like they leaned in on that. But it is very obvious in this episode that they it, every scene between them was something physical. Yes. Even like the, just like the like the way they sit next to each other and stand like is always so close where I'm like, these do have the like sexual tension and chemistry that 
I feel like you are kind of expecting of like the blonde, that's who he's usually hitting on. He also hits on, you know, Janet, but I feel like it was very clear that those two had what, you know, the movie magic of it. I'm with you. I'm a big Jack and Janet shipper. They're Mm -hmm. my favorite. I love, I love the best friend was there all along trope. I don't know if you remember what happens at the end. I was just going to ask, do they get together? I don't think it's together, but they, do they end up together? I don't know. I can't remember. I guess. Is that a spoiler for everyone else? I can't remember. I know that they get together at some point, but I can't remember. We'll block this part out. We'll we'll wait. We'll wait, and I'll tell you at the end. But go okay. into the episode not knowing. So yeah. Okay. So there's a, there's also a little moment between them because when she's making the egg salad sandwich, she comes up. He's kind of rubbing her her shoulders. If my male roommate was doing that to me, unless I was into it. I wouldn't let that happen. Which is also why it never comes off as creepy because she always is kind of like playfully like get away from me. But there is a moment of each time where you can kind of see that they have like a, it's like a nice like comforting thing. Like it doesn't seem like she's creeped out by it or that she doesn't want it necessarily. No, I don't. I don't there think is like complaining. A, no, I feel like it's building no. slowly throughout that they have just like a very nice like repertoire between them. They by far have the most chemistry on the show. I agree. Chrissy comes in and she's worried because her dad, who is a minister, is coming home. And we find out that her dad doesn't know that Jack lives with them. I don't know if you caught this, but Janet calls her Christmas, which we learned in an earlier episode, is her full name. That was one of the things I wrote down first. I gasped and I immediately went to Wikipedia. Like, that is not true. That must be like a nickname. Her name is Christmas Snow. Her government name (laughs) That is a wild thing to write and then to just drop casually into an episode that Chrissy is short for Christmas. That's her government name. <laughs> like, it shocked me to my core. I was like, it's on her driver's license. Yes. I think mean, we talk about more about this show. The fact that they name one of their characters Christmas Snow. Which I love though. I actually I love that. I love Christmas and I love snow. Who am I to judge? Her father is a reverend. He loves Christmas, I'm sure. There's no plot holes. Chrissy's freaking out because her dad can't know that the three of them live together. So Mm -hmm. Jack is saying that he's going to stay with Larry, his friend who lives upstairs. Chrissy's like, oh, thank you. Thank you. And she starts kissing him. The casual kissing. Okay. I actually wrote this down as well because I find it so odd. I feel like the boomer generation, like my mom is someone who like her and her siblings, like her and her sisters will like kiss on the lips when they're saying goodbye. And that's like such a normal thing that I think was normal in the 70s. And even I always think, like, in old Oscar telecasts, they're always, like, kissing the winner. I'm like, that seems odd. But I do feel like that was, like, a very, like, it wasn't as, which is so funny because it was such a prudish time. But I feel like that was a very popular greeting. But it's so jarring to see now where I'm like, what are you doing? That's your roommate. (laughs) And you're so opposed to, like, sleeping with him and you're so disgusted by it. But they're kissing, like, four times in a row to celebrate. What's the line between kissing and then having sex? Like, where does it stop? You know? Where does it stop? That's a great question. Sometimes it doesn't. That's why I'm like, stop doing that. That's Janet's man. That is Janet's man. Christmas. You can't kiss him in front of her. Wow. You're my favorite guest. <laughs> <laughs> Downstairs, we now see the Ropers. What are your thoughts on the Ropers? It's so funny because I remember the Furley so much more. I think that's just because Don Knotts is such an iconic person. But I forgot how much I love Helen Roper. And when you asked me who my favorite character was, I'm like, I think it's her. She is by far the best one-liners. Like the most witty comeback. She's wearing like a drapey caftan dress, dancing. She's so annoyed by her husband. She clearly needs divorce laws to be updated so she can get half of her estate and leave. She does not seem pleased with her situation. And she frankly might deserve better. Everyone comes on here and says that they love Mrs. Roper. And it's so funny because I was like you growing up. 
I didn't think twice about the Ropers. Mm-hmm. I actually checked out. Like I was like, I cannot relate to these people. These are old people that I don't care yeah. about. I just was yeah. waiting for, I was waiting for the scene to go back to the kids. And now I'm here for it. And I have never related to a character more. Yeah. I also remember being slightly annoyed when like the Ropers, even the Furleys would come in and like disrupt things. I'd be like, get out of here. We don't need you. <laughs> and now I watched it and I truly loved her. And I was like, this is the woman who earned them a spinoff because all of her lines are by far like the smartest, wittiest comeback. She's so good and like elegant. And I was like, I forgot how great she is. When Roper says nothing works well if you don't use it enough and all she says is that's so true her delivery her delivery her little prayer hands like she's just great you pretend you're the man she has incredible outfits I just feel like she had really good like moody little comebacks it never felt like the sitcoms of that era can get like very over the top but she's just like very dry and like straight of like insults to her husband (laughs) that felt more modern as a character than like a lot of the other ones on the show where I was like I think she might be my favorite now Jack is downstairs with the Ropers and upstairs Reverend Snow surprises them and he shows up there's so much there's so much like chaos that happens in this episode that is why I have trouble with the later seasons and like this type of comedy in general like the farty hijinks it stresses me out to the extent of like it's all just misunderstandings and like slow reaction time where I'm like think like Janet should leave go tell Jack in the hallway to disappear or when they see the locked door say, oh, Eleanor's out of town and she locked her door. There's so many things that they could think of on the fly and they think of the worst possible option each time and it just escalates. And like that kind of comedy just stresses me out and I like have trouble finding it funny because I'm like, you guys, everyone just sit down and think about this. It's, let's get it together, guys. Did you notice there is a scene where this is in the, still at the beginning when Reverend Snow enters and mm-hmm. Chrissy and him sort of, walk over it's a very specific shot but Chrissy and her dad are walking they're closer to the camera and talking and then in the background Jack and Janet are chatting Mm -hmm. I I don't I guess they're discussing I don't who knows what they're discussing this is probably the opportunity for her to say hey you need to leave but I feel like it's such a specific shot where we see in the back Jack and Janet being very intimate there, mm-hmm. she's kind of touching his hair. She's touching his chest. Like they feel like a couple. And I don't know if that was because they wanted to set up what yeah. the misunderstanding is later. But I thought that was a very specific shot. I think you're just looking for steamy Jack and Janet moments wherever you can find them. I did not notice this, but I was very taken aback by how like they had so many shots that like did not look like multicam like sitcom shots or like Chrissy and her father would be like in like the foreground then you'd see them in the background it was like super angled and I was like oh this is actually like very well done for a like 70s sitcom it feels like theater it's mm-hmm. really fun it does it does feel like theater okay so maybe I was reaching but maybe I'm not <laughs> maybe if you I mean you watched well, this episode that, twice and if you didn't notice it then no I me. agree the whole episode all I could think of was like these three are constantly touching each other primarily mm-hmm. Jack and Janet but like they're always like even in like a scene like they're talking and they have like hands on each other or they're like playing with hair. I feel like they're just like a very like physical cast in a way that makes probably why their relationship felt so real. But they do, Jack and Janet, I feel like by far the most like touchy-feely. Jack and Janet end up going into the kitchen and they're trying to figure out what to do and Jack burns his hand. They run out into the living room and Chrissy says, where's the burn ointment? And he says, it's still in my bedroom. And that's when Reverend Snow realizes Jack lives there with them do you like reverend snow 
he's not great, but he does have a couple funny lines. Like when he says something about being a carpenter and he's like, I wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for a carpenter. And I was like, that was pretty funny. But like for the most part, he's very like over the top, like reverend of the seventies, like character. But I will say, I thought that was like a very like natural reveal. Like sometimes with you, like they have like such over the top reveal moments where like when he just like casually says it and he realizes what he's done, but that felt very natural to me. Like it still felt grounded in a way that like, I think in some of the later episodes, it's like so over the top that this was kind of still felt like grounded enough. So Reverend Snow says, how long have you been living here, Jack? And Janet just jumps to this. I love, listen, I love Jack and Janet, but with Janet, where did this come from? She was waiting for her moment. She was waiting and she jumped right on it. And she says, ever since we got married. And now that you're saying this, that was like a subconscious moment where she's like, now's my chance. (laughs) And also like, that's the lie you come up with. That's the worst lie you could have come up with. Out of control. They're all terrible at this. You could have said, oh, he's our he's our guest like he's my brother or he's my cousin from out of town yes. anything he's a friend like he's you know he's renting the room I don't know so many better options. you're married Mm-mm. she can't make a sandwich and she can't tell a lie those are Janet's flaws but Jack loves her anyways and that's what's important but it is wild that that's the story that they tell and then that it goes into you need to have a religious wedding like the whole thing builds so like in a span of 30 seconds when we've taken such a slow build to get there and then suddenly it's out of control. This man doesn't know anyone. He just comes into town and he's like, well, I'll marry you right now. Like, is this necessary? Also, he's presuming their religion. Janet could be Jewish. He's saying, let me marry you. This isn't like you're not married until you are in the eyes of God. And it's like, sir, you can't assume these things. That is true. You can't do that now. No. I mean, you could do that now, but it would be, it that would be in a comical way. Yeah. But like, there was a line I wrote down that I laughed at where like, it's better to marry than burn. And I'm like, I am on fire. Oh <laughs> How dare he? <laughs> so I was like, this man is out of control. He's just quoting like hellfire quote. This is where I feel like it gets a little crazy and worse. Mm-hmm. It's a stretch, but Mr. Roper comes upstairs and he thinks, <laughs> he thinks that Jack and Reverend Snow yeah, a couple. But he still thinks Jack is gay at this point. He still thinks Jack is gay. Yes. Which is very funny. And usually those types of conversations where people are having like the same conversation about two different things, I feel like a stretch, but this one actually felt pretty solid. They just layered it. They layered yeah. it on. Also, I love when he walks in, all of his facial expressions get like the tightest close up. And that man is just working for his like single shot. <laughs> all of them are so drawn out. Like he's reacting for 30 seconds of a frame. And I'm like, oh my God, get off his face. He'd be really good in theater. He would. I thought it was funny where he asks the reverend, like, how long have you known him? He's like, I just met him today. It's just, I feel like that whole conversation <laughs> was really funny. It was. I feel like that part held up the best in terms of just like the jokes. I was like, this is actually pretty funny. So Mrs. Roper's upstairs and she thinks, now she realizes that, and everyone realizes that it's Jack and Janet that are supposed mm-hmm. to be married. She's like, Jack and Janet. She's literally me. She's so excited. She just loves an event. She wants to go to an event. She wants to wear a nice dress. And I get that. Honestly. And she just wants, as long as someone's having sex in this building, like she's happy. Has clearly been put out for a while. They leave. And then Jack, Janet, and Chrissy are in the kitchen. And I think this moment is a great testament to you know Jack and Janet's banter. This isn't physical, but they have this whole back and forth of the last thing I want to do is marry Jack. And then they have the, why would you want to, why is the last 
person you'd want to marry me. And then Chrissy says, what do you guys, you're not supposed to fight on your wedding day, which I found funny. I think that there is this theme mm-hmm. up until this point where one roommate usually is gets jealous over the other roommate when it comes mm-hmm. to Jack. And I felt like mm-hmm. that was eliminated from this episode. Yeah. It was already so chaotic. Chrissy was down for it. Well, the theme of the episode is so nice that they're all trying to help one another. Like all of them are so concerned about the other having a place to live, her father not being mad, her moving out to Jack have a place. Like I feel like they're all working for the greater good of each other, which is really nice. But I will say like that delivery, Suzanne Summers plays the Dissy Blonde so well, which is like, it takes actually a lot of intelligence to play dumb. And I feel like I forgot how good she is at this role of like, things never feel like too far-fetched of like her stupidity. Like she plays it really like sweet and naive almost where you're not like, mm-hmm. this is imbe- like unbelievable that a person like this would exist. Like she felt very like real and three-dimensional still. And she has such good little like deliveries of those lines. Do you recall down the line where her character gets like super blonde and has like her big eyes? Like I feel like she leans into those qualities and she becomes mm-hmm. like really dumb. Because I feel yeah. like right now is super believable and I – you're right. I think you do have to have a level of intelligence to play a, a believable, dumb character. Mm-hmm. And I think it's unfortunate where her character went. Yeah, where you're like, there's no one. And I think that's kind of the whole thing with the show is I also felt like the whole show kind of jumped the shark at the end where it was going so far past what was believable in every sense. Like all of the hijinks and the situations were like so over the top. And I think that they leaned into like the stereotypes of their characters so much that it lessened the quality where like these early, these early episodes felt so much more grounded than I remembered. Like I felt like the yes. characters were much more grounded, all of the situations, like even though they were still kind of like the hijinks of like misunderstandings, they felt somewhat normal. Whereas like some of the later ones, you're like, oh my God, everyone just calmed down. Chrissy ends up telling her dad that Jack is just living there. And this is when it all blows up. Reverend Snow wants Chrissy to move back home. I was actually kind of scared when he was yelling at her. Like, it was pretty intense. He was very scary and, like, got far more mad than I thought he was going to be. Like, I thought he'd be like, this is unacceptable. Let's go home. But he was, like, yelling at her in, like, a very, like, sinners in the hand of an angry god. I was like, this is too much. Like, I feel like this man is a threat to this entire group and he needs to leave. No, it was so scary. He's like, this is a den of vipers. <laughs> yeah. A playground for the devil. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is out of control. Or like when he's like, pack your bags, you're going home. I'm like, that's a wild thing to say to a full grown adult. <laughs> like that feels adult. wild. <laughs> like maybe if they were in like college and he was like paying her tuition and could like rip her out of school. But like <laughs> she like for all means and purposes is a fully independent human where it just seems silly to me. So now they're deciding who's leaving because Jack's like, no, I'm leaving. I'm going to the YMCA. And then I thought it was funny how Janet said, okay, well, I have to leave because I can't live alone with Jack. And he says, oh, I didn't know your father was a minister. And she goes, no, but he's half Italian, which I thought was funny. That is a funny joke. And again, she sees the threat of her being alone with Jack just for you. (laughs) She's like, I can't be alone on myself. She needs a buffer. They both do. That's exactly what it was. They were like, wait, 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 Chrissy. You can't leave because we're going to get pregnant. (laughs) We are. They knew their fate. They knew. But, you know, it's also funny because this feels – obviously, when Suzanne Summers left the show, nobody anticipated it happening. Mm -hmm. But now, at least when I watch this, knowing that Chrissy does leave (laughs) at some Mm -hmm. point, it's just interesting they wrote an episode like this. Yeah. 
Chrissy can't leave, even though she eventually does leave. And Jack and yeah. Janet are left alone. They saw the value of them as an ensemble because it is such an ensemble show. Like they all play off each other so well. And like, it was like a threat to be like, if you lose one of them, the entire show goes down. And then it happens. Chrissy's in her bedroom and Reverend Snow is in the living room and Jack and Janet they're putting this here. Jack's putting on a show for Reverend Snow, but they have this moment where he's like, you know, make sure you walk Chrissy to the bus stop the same way I always did, which was really sweet. It's a very mm-hmm. sweet moment. Shows how much they all care about each other. Molly putting putting my shipper hat on. They Ooh. kiss in front of Reverend Snow. They you saw that. You saw that they kissed, right? Yeah. They kissed in front of him. Well, also, they're trying to prove that nothing's happening between them. So mm-hmm. I don't know why they would kiss. Second, they kissed. Again, it felt like a very I don't leave kiss. If I were Reverend Snow, I would be like, okay, Chrissy, you're fine because clearly these two love each other. So like, never mind. You're good. You can stay because they looked so in love. Was that just me? If I ever see a fan cam of Jack and Janet on the internet, I'm going to know it came from you. (laughs) I, But I do love that. And I do think that they, they seem like they have like, it's like a long goodbye kiss. It's like, it's a little much. But I do think, I would say, like, I think it's far too liberally in the 70s. Like, it was, like, a greeting. Very European of yeah. the American. But, like, it does seem odd that they would do it in front of the father when they're trying to convince him not to. But I think that was just so normal of the time. But it's so jarring to see now that that's, like, the one thing on the show where I kept thinking, like, it felt the most dated to me that they would always be, like, kissing each other. Like, Monica wouldn't kiss Joey. Like, don't leave and just casually kiss him and no one is supposed to bat an eye. Yeah. That's a that's an intimate thing to kiss someone. But Monica does sit in her brother's lap and I have a lot to say about that. Cuz I think that's a weird thing to do. She does all the okay. time. Her and Ross are far too close in my opinion. I've also said this at some point it, on paper, I feel like Monica and Ross are the perfect perfect pair. Yeah. On paper. They are the perfect pair. They they complement each other very well. I remember watching this and being like, they've kissed like seven times in this episode as friends. When they're constantly on the show, their entire point is like, we are not, we are platonic. We are not a sexual like entity. And then they're constantly (laughs) smooching. And I'm like, "Hmm." Reverend Snow changes his mind. I thought, okay, the the line where he's like, Chrissy, come out here. I want to talk to you. And she's like, no, I thought that was funny. It is. The way she says no is great. I also wrote down, no, Suzanne delivery is great. (laughs) Didn't remember liking Chrissy as much as I did in this episode. And I think maybe it's because I remember more so the later seasons where she's kind of like a very over-the-top Disney blonde. Yes. And that's when I find it hard Mm -hmm. to tolerate her because it becomes a little bit too much. Yes. Reverend Snow says that she can stay because Mm -hmm. he realizes that they really are like a big family. They care for each other. That's that. And Chrissy's not going home. And Reverend Snow's okay. They're all friends again. And it's like, it's fine. Now we go into the tag scene. Jack and Janet are, again, look, am I reaching here? They're so. (laughs) The robe scene was a lot. All of them are wearing very short robes. I've never had a robe that doesn't go to my legs. Like, that's not like a midi dress. And they're all wearing very short robes, like eating cake on the couch. They're snuggling. This is when I was like, they must be the ones that end up together because this is like very cozy. And also like, maybe you want to be a roommate with them. They're just having like a little robe party on the couch, eating cake. It was so dear. I loved it. If I had two straight roommates or roommates, yeah. If I had two straight roommates living together that were yeah. cuddling on the couch like they were, I would be like, okay, do you want me to, do you want me to leave? Like what's yeah. happening here? It was far too intimate. Like, that's something you would want to be like, I need to leave the room. Like, this is clearly building towards something. Like, even if they're pretending they're not, 
there's something going on here. And that's when I also agreed. I was like, oh, I think it is Jack and Janet who end up together. Because I could not remember. And then that was a scene where I'm like, hmm, these two are far too close. Very, very close. But it was a cute mom and dad scene, sort of showing the themes that Chrissy is like the kid and Jack and Mm -hmm. Janet are the parents, which is a theme that happens throughout the show because Chrissy always, you know, kind of gets into trouble and Jack and Janet have to sort of get her out of it. Yes. That was Chrissy Come Home. Molly, what were your final thoughts? Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Because when I think about like sitcom, like I watched Cheers a lot. I was a big Roseanne fan before everything that happened. Like in the 80s when it felt very like forward. Like I loved Mary Tyler Moore. Like uh, there were a lot of sitcoms that stood out to me from that like period. And this was like one that I remember watching, but never like, it wasn't my favorite. And I didn't think I would love it as much as I did. But I also think that I remembered it for being a lot more over the top. So I'm wondering if like, if I kept watching, would I enjoy the later seasons as much as I enjoyed this one? Mm. I felt like this felt so much more grounded than I remembered. And when I think of Three's Company, I think of like the very over the top, like Jack falling over a couch, like a ridiculous situation that has gone far too, like gone on far too long and is like blowing up in their faces. That's what I think of. And that is usually not my like favorite type of comedy. And I, mm-hmm. I like that this one was much more based in like character and like their interactions and it was like situational. And it was still kind of like, they were coming up with a line it was blowing up in their faces, but it felt more grounded than I remember. And I think that's maybe a testament to like the early seasons and how it was originally written. And then maybe it becoming more like network uh, and like having to like appeal to a broader audience once it started to get popular, popular I don't know. But I actually really enjoyed it. Right. I thought it was cute. That makes me so happy. I just found all the characters so delightful and I didn't remember how good their chemistry was. Like the three of them have mm-hmm. incredible chemistry for a sitcom. Like it just shines through and John Ritter is so cute. And I did not remember him being so like charming because it kind of like gets like mm-hmm. the... I feel like the character itself is kind of remembered as like the very like horny over the top man. And he's just like, he's so dear and he's like sweet with them. And if you were writing this show, would you write in a love triangle between the roommates? I would write in that two of them end up together. Like, I think there's always, I think especially like on like shows like this, you want the like, will they, won't they. And you kind of want the like back and like something to root for. I feel like that's like a really fun part of sitcoms that has survived like the test of time. Like everyone loves the will they, won't they couple. And I think that that's fun. And I don't think this one ever really has it like straight out the gate. Like it's very later on that they do Jack and Janet. And it's not even clear in the beginning who they want. Like it's clear that the show might try to push him with Chrissy because of like, the optics of like the pretty blonde but like he has such better chemistry with Janet and that almost feels like the undertones of the writers being like these are the two that should be together but mm-hmm. I feel like doing a love trial between the three of them kind of ruins it because I feel like the fun of the show is that they all love each other in such like a wonderful way and even like shows I think of now like a new girl like the reason you like it is because of the friendship more so than like I feel like if they were competing with each other for Jack it would have felt far more dated I don't know I just feel like it wouldn't have been as enjoyable whereas like if you get to root for one couple but they all kind of are still like a threesome I feel like the fun of the show is their friendship which is why when Chrissy leaves there's clearly like a like a hurdle they have to jump with the new characters because the fun of the show was them interacting with each other more so than like the romantic angle of it do they ever have to assume Chrissy ever end up together is there a competition no but that is what people assume going into the yeah, podcast. People that don't watch the show always ask, like, who, do, which one does he end up with? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I think they just assume because there's two women and a man that there is going to be a love triangle. Yeah, actually, there is no romance 
between any of them. So Jack and Janet actually don't end up together. They don't? Never? There's never even like a kiss? I mean, there's kisses. There's kisses in every episode, but... But, like, that kind of kiss or, like, a real kiss? They've had real kisses. It's so frustrating because this show just, like, doesn't acknowledge any continuity. So they could go for a date. Like, there can be real moments. Yeah. Like, milestones in their relationship that happen. And the next episode, it's just never addressed. Sam and Diane. Diane and Sam were the first television couple that they had to do it chronologically. Like, they didn't... Every episode of Three Company, most sitcoms were, like, standalone. And that was, like, the first, well, they won't they? Are they really? It, it wasn't, like, you You could watch it if you hadn't seen the episode before, but it was the first one that kind of relied on, like, you had seen other seasons to kind of see the progression of their characters, which is why they're, like, a big part of that, like, history, which now makes sense that they would kind of go back and forth with Janet and Jack because that was kind of the style at the time. It was, like, you could tune in at any moment and enjoy the show. I could go on about this, and I do, which is why I have a podcast. Yes. <laughs> I'm so sad for you because now I see it and I'm not going to be able not to see it. I'm going to see them in the background touching each other's hair like you do. But like, I really did think, you convinced me that they're together. Like, they must end up together. I gaslit you. I'm so sorry. Okay. It was a good reason. You know what? They gaslit me first. I cannot believe they don't end up together. That's wild. I don't even remember how the show ends. They just all move out. Well, there's a spinoff called Three's a Crowd. Have oh, you, yeah. I don't know if this rings a bell or if you knew this. Mm-hmm. Molly, thank you so much for taking the time to watch the episode twice and then for coming on here for an hour and talking about it. Like, thank you for your time. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I was so nervous. You are so great. You made me feel so comfortable. This is fun. And what a fun show to revisit. And everyone, thank you for listening. And please be sure to tune in next week as we talk about season two, episode 24. Thank you.